Hey, Al McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. All right, good morning. We are here for another edition of the Sun Solar Panel, midweek edition. We just witnessed game five of the Suns versus Pelicans in the first round of the 2022 NBA playoffs. The Suns won the game, game five, the very, very important game, a score of 112 to 97. They came out real hot, took a, a real early, I think it was 14 to eight lead. And then um, the Pelicans just kind of slowly pulled themselves back into the game. It got a little bit of, a little bit close early in the fourth quarter, but then the Suns uh, finished them off. So with me today, we're going to recap the game because I want to hear both sides of this story. With me today, I've got Mason Ginsberg, who's a writer and a podcaster on the New Orleans Pelicans. And I want to hear what Mason has to say about what he saw in Game 5, because this has been a very hotly contested series. Every game has gone to the other team. Uh, boom, 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 back and forth. And the Suns have that 3-2 lead heading into game six on Thursday night. Good morning, Mason. How are you doing? Uh, good. Uh, tough game, but I mean, I, I, I'm trying to keep perspective here. I mean, the Pelican, you told me two weeks ago the Pelicans would be in the spot they're right now. I'd be pretty damn happy. So, um, you know, that said, this is still you know, crazy enough. This is still a winnable series for New Orleans, uh, if not likely, still very much possible. And so, um Definitely worth thinking about how things can can be done differently over the next game or so. Absolutely. So, uh, so tell me uh, what you saw of you know how the how the Suns came out to start and then the Pelicans just started chipping away at it. What how did you see the game unfolding compared to the uh, two prior games? Let's say in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you had to expect some positive regression for the Suns and, and you know regression to me on both sides from three point range. Um, and so, not that anyone blew the doors off or anything like I think Suns 37% from three is about what I would come to expect from them. Uh, the Pelicans came, uh, came a little shorter from, from three point range. Part of that's personnel related. Um, but, uh, but I, I think that contributed to some of the, the, the deficit early on. Um, Willie Green's got this team fighting. I, I, you know, I, I'm always very confident, um, which is, it's crazy to think that the Pelicans are down double digits in the, at the end of the first half. And, you know, pretty, pretty confident, confident that they were going to make this a, a game, not, not that they won, but they would make it a game. And they certainly did a cut to, I think, six or seven points in the fourth quarter. Um, and then it was uh, the Mikel Bridges show, which was just the, the performance he had last night was absolutely phenomenal. I, you know, 47 minutes from him. Um, you know, I, I know that he's playing a ton of minutes for Phoenix, for Phoenix all season, but 47 minutes in a game like this, um, you know, tip your cap to, to him. Uh, you, you, Pelicans has to take it as a sign of respect that he would get. He played virtually the entire game. There's some foul trouble that led to that, but um, just what an unbelievable showing from him guarding B.I. for longer stretches than he has in the series so far um, and, and really giving Ingram some trouble. And so um, it's now, now up to uh, Willie Green and the Pelicans to figure out how to, how to, how to manage that heading back to New Orleans uh, for game six. Yeah, let's talk about the star of the game just uh, for a couple more minutes, Mikel Bridges. Uh, that was just an incredible night from him. And as you guys probably see from your own rookie, Herb Jones, who has a good future in this league, um, that some uh, the defense is always there. The effort is always there. Uh, the offense can come and go depending on, you know, uh, what's, what's needed from them on a particular night or what kind of attitude they – not attitude, but um, – um, focus they have on making themselves available and aggressive on offense. Mikel Bridges, 
is one of those guys who sometimes he'll even admit it later. He's like, yeah, I was waiting uh, to get some, uh, you know, uh, get some of my usual easy shots before I got aggressive and I shouldn't have done that. And I need to be, you know, more aggressive more often. There's so many scores on the Suns. The Suns have the third ranked offense. Well, almost third ranked offense in the league. And uh, Mikel has always been very comfortable as a fourth scorer, but on, on Tuesday night in game five, he decided he was going to be ultra aggressive. It helps that he made all of his threes. He made four threes and uh, uh, made everyone he put up. He made 12 out of 17 field goals overall. But it just the rest of his stat line is just incredible. I mean, he had four blocks, four blocks in that game. And you guys are used to seeing Herb Jones get a bunch of blocks from the perimeter. And that's what Mikel was doing um, uh, last night. And, and Herb got his own couple blocks in this game too. But it's 47 minutes from Mikel Bridges. After the game, uh, he said he's still amped and he'd like to just keep playing. He's got he's like he's talked about it all year where he's just got endless energy. Uh, he doesn't get tired, he doesn't ever feel tired. He has to like tell Monty not to pull him out. So he was thrilled to be able to play 47 minutes. But you're right, it was because of foul trouble. Jay Crowder inexplicably got himself into uh the toughest foul trouble you can pretty much as a primary, supposedly primary defender on Brandon Ingram. He got three fouls early in the second quarter and then uh, five fouls early in the third quarter and only played 22 minutes. Um, the Suns decided not to play Torrey Craig because Torrey has had a tough series. He, um, as a Torrey Craig is a defender, um, but has not been good at defending uh, Brandon Ingram when he's tried. Um, let's talk about Brandon Ingram a little bit. Now, um, Mikel Bridges defended Brandon Ingram a lot on Tuesday, but uh, usually they've been putting bigger guys on, on Ingram. Tell me what you saw from Brandon Ingram in this game. He was seven of 19 from the field. Uh, man, he's been looking like KD this whole season and, or this whole series. And now um, he kind of regressed a little bit. Did you think that was more him just missing shots or more about the Suns defense or what? Yeah, I mean, I think Bridges did a great job on him. I, I think uh, I've been a little nervous. I think we talked about this last time we recorded a few days ago, but I've been a little nervous all series about how isolation dependent the Pelicans half court offense has been. That's a testament again to the Suns defense. It's good. And then it's arguably uh, even a little bit better without um, with, without Devin Booker. And, and obviously the team, not nearly as good, but the, you can argue the defense has been a little bit better in, in his absence. So it has better personnel. But I, I think um, the Pelicans to write the ship, if, if, Depending on what the Suns do on Thursday defensively, um, if they if they really send if, if they go back to having Jay Crowder be more of a primary defender on Ingram versus if they see what worked with with Bridges and, and have him go be the primary against Bi, um, Pelicans have got to figure out well one CJ's got to get going, um, but but two they've got to really try to figure out some ways to get higher efficiency looks because they have some great elite shot makers in the team. Um, but that can that can fade, uh, especially when you've got uh, a defensive player of the year like like Bridges or you know or, uh, almost defensive player of the year like yeah. Bridges uh, play, uh, playing. Could have been. So, yeah, yeah I, I also think he kind of you know a lot of the chatter's been about Herb Jones, um, and I, I wonder how, how personally Bridges took that um, because you know he he's a phenomenal defender in his own right. And he's so, like I'm already here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but no, I mean I, I think um, you know, Bi's been so good this whole series, and I, the, the fact that we're talking about a regression when he scored 22 points on 19 shots is kind of a test of how good he's been because you know that's not great efficiency, but it's not bad either. <laughs> so um, you know, so I, I think um, he, uh, some people were harping on uh, a couple of free throws he missed late, but 
at the same time, I mean, seven and 11 is not, not terrible. Like, right. He shot 80% from the line overall, not really a story to me in, in this game five, but um, I, I have confidence that he's going to bounce back at home and the grass can be really, you know, fully behind him on Thursday night. I saw your tweet uh, that uh, it's, it's wild. Pelicans fans were so worried about the few missed free throws. It felt like they were shooting only 50%. And I don't know if you saw my reply, but I was like, yeah, well, it's because they took so many free throws. Any All those misses did feel like a lot of misses. Yeah, yeah. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that's... fans are frustrated with all the all the free throws that the, it was another big disparity, 35 to 20 in this game. At one point, it was 30 to 14. Um, early in the fourth quarter. And then, of course, you had the uh, 42 to 15 uh, from Sunday. Um, now, I need, we need a little bit of balance in this conversation, Mason. And you don't have to bring it. You can just say, yep, uh, the Suns and Pelicans have been fouling each other equally and the, and the Pelicans have been getting lucky. You can say that if you want to, but tell me from a Pelicans fan, what do you see on the foul discrepancy and the free throw line discrepancy? Look, I, I think um, I, I certainly think game four was a little extreme. Um, but that, that said, I mean, I was looking at the stats on cleaning the glass last night and the Pelicans, you know, the top 10 in foul, uh, you know, foul rate this season, the, the Suns have been bottom 10. And then even even just on opponent free throw rates, you see, I think that the, the Suns don't do a good job of not fouling. And the, and the Pelicans are about middle of the road, like like they're on 15th in the NBA in um, opponent free throw rate. And so, look, they're, they're, it's not – I, I would expect a free throw discrepancy given the personnel of both teams. I think game four was, was extreme. And, and, and I think Monty was well within his right to make the comments he did. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I wasn't, you know, the, the, the foul count between both teams was 25 to 20 in the game yeah. last night. So the, the free throws don't really tell the whole story. It's about how the fouls came. Um, so I'm not, you know, I, I don't really have much to say about the free throw discrepancy last night, but I, but I do understand where Monty was coming from for game four. Yeah, so it was interesting, and and I'll just let – I don't know the right answer to this question, but there were three different series played on Saturday and Sunday, all with um, – the there was a 2-1 lead by one team, game four, going into game four, and three different teams got 40-plus free throws in game four, whereas the opponent only got 15 to 20 free throws. So that – Basically looking like, wow, the team that needed the win badly got to the foul line a ton in three different. Are you are you a conspiracy kind of guy that says, you know what, these refs are cooking these series to make a little bit more money for the networks? No, I, I couldn't be further from that extreme. I think I when I, I you know, Occam's razor applies here. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think I, I think that the. The reality is that any sort of conspiracy like that, with the risk of anything being actually uncovered, that far outweighs like a little, a couple extra bucks to extend the series another game. So Tim um, Donaghy is is patting you on the back right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sure he is, but uh, but also especially I, I think the long term, especially when you look at who won those games. Yeah, I, I think if the if the league is truly interested in, in making money, they want the best teams playing longer in the playoffs, and there's no reason to cook the books for an eight seed or, or the seven seed. You know, so that's that's another piece of that. It's, it's short term versus. Oh, long-term you don't, you don't think they went? They they sat down at, at headquarters in, in in wherever it is for ESPN or not ESPN, but for uh, the league, the NBA front office, and said, you know what, we need to keep the Pelicans alive in this playoffs so much. Uh, longer because they draw so many fans. Is that, uh, you know, national fans? You don't think that was happening? The millions of NBA fans who are all over the Jose Alvarado hype trade and really would love to see him over Devin Booker in the conference <laughs> finals, let me tell you. <laughs> no. <I can't. laughs> yeah, that was always the funny thing. Like, uh, we, 
uh, Suns fans had been on the other side of it in the 2000s with the Spurs being the Borg that would always get through the playoffs somehow. I was rooting for you guys so from... much in those series, too. I was, yeah, I, those, I, those frustrated me uh, growing up, too. But the Suns were the ones who were always whining about, uh, and we're not actually whining about the foul calls in this series other than uh, immediately after the games, but Suns fans would whine for years about how things went against the Spurs. And it was always funny because whenever you actually asked a Suns fan, do you really think David Stern wants the Spurs in the finals, San Antonio in the finals? There's no, there's no way you can even argue that these books are being cooked because of market size or TV revenue. One of the lowest rated finals ever was Spurs Pistons in 2004 because nobody wanted to watch either team. So why in the heck, if the league was cooking books, why is why have the Lakers been out of the playoffs for 10, uh, 10 of the last 11 years or whatever it is? And thank God, I'm so yeah, happy I mean, about that. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's, that's so funny because, yeah, I, I, yeah thinking back, I'm, I respect Tim Duncan that with the Spurs, that Spurs dynasty did so much. But at the same time, if I, you give me a choice to watch Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire versus Tony Parker and Tim Duncan, I'm taking, I'm taking Nash and Amari every day. And so, yeah, I, exactly. I, I agree with you. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just crazy for us to have, have, have now. That doesn't mean the ref like the the Donaghy thing, totally believable. I actually had the uh, the the luck to interview him once when he was promoting the movie made about him and his <laughs> fixing of games. He was doing a whole circuit of interviews, and I got I got to do one with him. And the dude, I mean, talk about lack of self awareness, you know, in your in your lot in life and your place in life. But he he now is promoting his cheating because it's making him money. Of course, um, that was happening. And so let's. Uh, I'm going to go down this just a little, just for another second. Um, Scott Foster, who was the dude that Tim Don- Donaghy called the most often during those, ga- you know, before and after those games, more often even than his bookie. Uh, Scott Foster is still in the league and thriving and uh, has already worked a, a game in this series. How badly, uh, and now Chris Paul is like Ofer's last 13 against uh, Scott Foster in the playoffs. How badly do Pelicans fans want to see Scott Foster get assigned to game six or seven and, and do his second uh, game of this series? I think there is a roughly zero percent, not zero, but there's a very low percent chance he gets a game seven in the series. I just, the, the, I think that there's a decent chance he does. He, I was actually just looking at the officials for tonight. There's only one game tonight. It looks, uh, it looks like, and, uh, or no, wait, this is, this doesn't look correct, but, um, I was pulling to the official website to see who the officials were tonight, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, there, there, you could have a foster setting in game six in the world. Tomorrow night. I, I, I would be shocked if they let that happen. Uh, yeah, one of the um, Suns employees um, had that comment in, in post-game media. She's like, she's like, oh, I wonder how many times has a ref done two games in a series? And it happens in the finals because they get down to your final you know, set of refs and all that or final few sets of refs. But rarely before that does the, a ref work more than one game in a series. Although I, I swear to God, I've seen that before. So we'll see what happens. Actually. Yeah. I think that, I think the Suns fans are off the hook because I, I just pulled the right, the right screen and Foster's got Chicago Milwaukee tonight. And I don't think refs will do. Oh, he does. Yeah. I don't think refs do back-to-backs. So um, they I, don't for sure. No. Do back yeah, to so, so he's, he's, he's not going from Milwaukee tonight to New Orleans tomorrow night. Uh, fans <laughs> can rest easy at least for a bit. All right. 
that's good because that's basically other than Giannis Antetokounmpo, Scott Foster is the second toughest guy to person to beat in the in the playoffs for the Suns. Okay, let's take just a second to talk about our friends at DraftKings. The NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the first round of action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and you get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. Do parlays too. Same game parlays are option. You can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, okay, so let, now let's talk about uh, Chris Paul a little bit. Um, Chris Paul is getting older. Uh, he is defying uh, father time as much as he possibly can. He's actually been incredibly effective. We love him in Phoenix. He's played so hard for the Phoenix Suns, and he wants so badly to get through these playoffs. To me, I'm just going to say I think he's not the same guy this year uh, that he was last year. Um, but last year he was injured the entire time, so it, it was weird during the playoffs. Uh, this year, I, we feel like he's injured because of the way he's playing, but uh, nobody is confirming anything, and he certainly doesn't look to be injured. Uh, he just does look to be worn down, and I think Jose Alvarado has something to do with that. Um, tell me what you've seen from – now, let's just set the record straight. Chris Paul has won basically three these three games for the Phoenix Suns in this series, so he has not been bad. All I'm saying is he hasn't been quite as good as we we hoped he would be um, like when he scored 41 points to close out the Denver Nuggets uh, uh, last year in, in the second round when he was healthy. If he's healthy, he doesn't look quite as good as he had. He had 22 points, 11 assists, three steals. I mean, he was still pretty damn good. And he he did make sure the Pelicans didn't finish off their comeback on, on, on Tuesday night. But I'd like to hear from a Pelicans point of view, what have you seen from Chris Paul is there anything that Suns fans should be worried about? Um, so I, I think it's you have to put the proper context around Chris Paul's play in the series and, and the fact that he's having to carry this team without mm-hmm. Devin Booker is a lot for for him at this point in his career. I think he fits. He, he's he's done he, he's done an admirable job for, for the Suns, and I think he's you know playing spectacularly, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, the, the Pelicans are doing whatever they can to take him kind of not take him out of the game, but, but reduce his impact. And so I think you saw the Suns react to it a little bit. And Chris Paul, who's notorious, at least late in his career, for kind of taking easy in the first half and, and you know, opening things up for other guys and then, and then coming in uh, in the second half and, and really being more assertive uh, or, or kind of more almost more selfish and, and get his buckets as, as he should. Um, I think he. He, he changed that. He was a little bit more aggressive in the first half of this game, uh, of game five. And the Pelicans are, like I said, they're doing what they can to, to make him uncomfortable. Um, the, the one thing that, that Pelicans fans are still, uh, you know, uh, furious about, fear to be a stretch, but is the Devontae Graham minutes because it, 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 they're getting they're getting cooked whenever he's out there defensively. But at the same time, there and fans are saying, Jose Alvarado can play more than 20 minutes. And the answer to that is probably, yes, he can. But can he do what he's doing 
with more with that many more minutes uh, because they're bringing him in to start Q2 to start Q4 to go harass Chris Paul essentially. And so um, I think it's a delicate balance that Willie Green has to figure out for Game Six from a rotation perspective is what to what you know how to balance how he's using Jose Alvarado against Chris Paul with the, the concern about other players maybe getting minutes and, and ha- that having that be pretty pretty risky, uh, especially in, a, in an elimination game they'll be facing tomorrow night. But you know, I, I think Chris Paul's been been excellent, and it's just how how much can he really how much can you expect from a you know, what late thirties uh, six yeah. foot point guard uh, as as the number one option for for I mean for for an offense in this situation. So it's you know again just great work from him, but only can do so much. Yeah, it's a really good comment to make is is that um, he's not your typical number one option in that uh, he's not like the shooting guard who gets to just wait for the ball to be brought back brought across half court and then he just runs around and, and gets his shots. And I'm not taking anything away from the Devin Bookers and CJ McCollum's, although CJ is kind of your point guard uh, and Brandon Ingram's of the world. But uh, definitely Chris Paul has it more difficult, has a more difficult time because he has to have the ball in his hands the entire time. And now you've got Jose Alvarado. I got to tell you, I'm going to write a thank you note. I'm going to send Willie flowers. I'm going to do whatever it takes. We're going to take up a collection and make a donation to the charity of Willie Green's choice for playing Devontae Graham as much as he has been. (laughs) Uh, Fans even know that uh, every minute Devontae Graham is on the floor is a win for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, we. I mean, and it's funny because that's kind of how Pelicans fans have felt with uh, the campaign minutes this series. <laughs> um, yes, you know, campaign. I mean, oh despite God. the absurd foul rate, he, he actually did. He, I think he was a, a net positive for the Suns last night. Mm-hmm. He helped them win that game. Um, and so, you know, for the first for time in like uh, a year, I, I did <laughs> see it. that poor guy. Yeah, no, he uh, and he still drove us crazy. Still yeah. drove us crazy, even in his best game in a long time. Yeah. So, okay. So we'll exchange flowers. How about that? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just, yeah. I, I, the, the stressful part with Devonte is that the, the way I think about it is he's only adding value for you at this point. He's not creating because you have BI or CJ in at all times now, whereas before in the regular season, you may have a few minutes where those two guys both sat together. The playoffs, that's not happening. And so you don't need CJ to be, to take on a lot of your traditional guard duties. So if he's in there to space the floor, You've got a better option sitting on the bench. His, man, his name is Trey Murphy, and so you know, I, I ever, and Trey Murphy was a, a, a neutral on plus minus last night. The game they lost by fifteen. He's been a he's been a, a positive in their games throughout the series, and so I think that's where uh, I, if I'm Willie, I'm going. I'm leaning heavier, maybe giving mm-hmm. Jose going from twenty to like twenty four minutes for Jose, and really beefing up Trey Murphy's minutes uh, in, in a way to try to you know get this series back to Phoenix for a game seven. Yeah, man. If I'm Willie Green, I, I literally, I, I, I'd almost think about starting Jose and just, or at least bringing him in the first few minutes of the first quarter because the earlier yeah. you could, if I'm Willie Green, of course, I'm not saying this out loud because I'm a Suns fan who doesn't want it to happen. But if you wear down Chris Paul before the fourth quarter starts, you're likely to be able to close out a tight game, and uh, that's what happened in Game Four and in Game Two. And Chris Paul has been an up and down guy this year. And so, uh, or not this year, sorry, this series, he's been up and down where he's been real bad in games two and four in the sun's losses. And, um, but there is a, um, there is a potential light for the Phoenix suns at the end of this tunnel. And, uh, it wears a number one on its Jersey, uh, there is a very close person in this. I don't know if you heard anything about this. I don't even know if it's real, 
by a very close, uh, um, a guy who has close connections with Devin Booker, like his friends with Devin Booker's friends, um, uh, tweeted after the game last night, book it, the Suns are going to win game six. And um, that he usually doesn't do that kind of thing unless he knows something for sure. And Devin Booker has been day to day. If Devin Booker comes back, that will relieve pressure from Chris Paul at a time when he really needs it in New Orleans against high pressure for Chris Paul and all that. Um, but if Devin Booker cannot play, if Devin Booker cannot play, um, I'd say Willie Green's best bet is to put as many minutes of Jose Alvarado on Chris Paul as possible. Because even though Herb Jones is really, really good defensively, he's not so physical that he pisses you off every second the way Jose Alvarado does. And um, that, and if you can, if you can get into Chris Paul's head, it's when you can piss him off and make him see red the entire time he's out there. So he can't see his own teammates. Um, so let's, it's possible Devin Booker will be out there to change the entire narrative because then you don't know how well he's going to play or anything like that. But let's assume he doesn't play for game six and tell me, you already said it, bring Jose Alvarado's minutes up to 24. I'm still thanking you for that. If it's only 24 minutes, he's been such a pest on Chris Paul. Um, that's what I would do is I would match minute for minute Jose and, and Chris Paul. But what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I just question whether or not you can get the same level of defense from Jose if you play him that that many minutes. And I, I think your idea of, of starting Jose, I don't, I don't expect really to make the change this late no, in the series. <laughs> but I think, it, I, I think it's a good one. Assuming that if Devin Booker's out there, I think, like you said, the whole dynamic changes. But I, I think bringing Jose for Jackson Hayes in the starting lineup, Jackson, he had a, a bright spot earlier in the series, but he's kind of back to where we start. I'm kind of back to where we started with him, saying that he's not really, he's not. The Pelicans, uh, so my, I, uh, in the no coast, uh, Shemet made, made a good point last night. So I said, uh, you know, the defense hasn't cratered without, with, without him. Like, and, and, and so like, that's like kind of the main use. That was the worry, right? Is, is, uh, is being able to really be a dynamic and, and versatile defensive player with that, the rest of that starting lineup. And I, I again, with, with Booker out, I, I'm not as concerned about his size being out there. As long as you've got Jonas, keep Jonas in that starting lineup for rebounding purposes. I, I, I wouldn't be, against starting Jose, even if he's the first sub out of the game, um, you know, that helps you, to your point, match minutes with Chris Paul more, which is what he's being used for. And so, I, you know, that would make a lot of sense to me. Um, and that allows you to maybe go even up a little bit from 24 minutes because what's happening right now is you've got one long Jose Alvarado stretch. And so that, that from a stamina per, uh, perspective, that, that hurts him too. And so if you can kind of break that up and give him two stretches – uh, two shorter stretches against Chris Paul and match it up with CP3. I mean, there's a lot of merit to that. Uh, so I, again, don't expect it, but I, I think it makes it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think Willie Green and Monty Williams are 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 cut from the same cloth in that they don't like to just throw thing throw the baby out with the bathwater because one game went bad, right? And so you guys are frustrated that Willie is is not as loose with it, not as free with his changes in his rotations as you want him to be. Suns fans are the same campaign this year. Uh, and then two years ago uh, in Monty's first year, he was, he was in for some reason in love with Elio Kobo as the backup point guard, even though Ellie was worse than campaign has been. Um, and he had other, I mean, not quite as egregious options, uh, but I am hoping um, that, I'm glad to see, and I'm hoping that Monty Williams is still uh, willing to tinker just a little bit with his rotations because on Tuesday night, 
uh, Monty actually played Aaron Holiday and Bismack Biombo a little bit, and that really helped um, uh, uh, helped a little bit the energy in that second unit uh, for the Phoenix Suns. But uh, to get Bismack in the lineup, the Suns uh, used JaVale McGee and DeAndre Ayton together which opened up some minutes for Bismack as the, as the backup, you know, as the, as the three, as the five in the, uh, in the second unit. What did you think of this when, when you saw the Suns bring out JaVale McGee and DeAndre Aiden together at the same time? I was, uh, so what I, what I tweeted about it during the game last night was that I was almost weirdly a little happy about the positive results to start out because I thought maybe it means money will rely on it more because I don't think it's a good idea for Phoenix. I, I think they've got better options. Um, and, but so if, if money is coerced into thinking that that was a lineup that can, can work, um, I think, and when the, on the Pelicans home floor, they can, it, it, with a little bit more time to prep, to prep, even though, you know, they, money mentioned it. So, so I, I think the Pelicans were maybe expecting it to a degree, but I think now you've got a chance to really figure out how you can exploit it in those minutes. Cause you've got to win those. I mean, the, the Pelicans, especially with Booker out those minutes without CB three, and if you're going to, mm-hmm. the Suns are going to go with two big lineups. I mean, the Pelicans have to win those minutes if they're going to have a chance in, in, in the series. Yeah, I had the same. I had the same reaction uh, when they first put Aiton and, and uh, Javale on the court together. That was only the second time all year the Suns have tried that. There was one other stint um, against the Bucks actually, because that's another team that the Suns have trouble rebounding at all against. Um, so really, Suns fans are 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 feeling a little bit of PTSD because this is how they lost the Bucks series in the finals was getting out rebounded by a team playing two bigs at once, and always having at least two six ten people out there. And so now it's two straight series, and it feels like no other NBA team is going to do any. You know, every every other NBA team is going to do this mo- model going forward against the Suns. Um, when I saw JaVale and Aiton out there, I was like, oh my God, this is They're going to get trucked because not both guys want to play the same exact defensive role because that's right. how they've been raised. That's their entire game is that same exact defensive role. Now, while DeAndre Aiden is excited about the idea of being a pop guy, you know, he, yeah. he said in the, in the post game, he's like, Marcus oh yeah, Aldridge. I love it. <laughs> yeah. He wants to be that guy, although he's not like, He's not Anthony Davis wants to be that guy where he insists on it and forces you to play at uh, the worst center. In we the don't world. have time for that discussion. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah. So he's not, he doesn't, he doesn't insist on being that guy. He's a total team guy, but he does his eyes light up whenever he gets a chance to be a pop guy, you know, and getting out there. And he did put up a couple of threes, though he missed him. Thank God, because if he had made both, that would have even been worse. Um, I was hoping I was expecting the Suns to lose those minutes because of spacing issues on defense as well as on offense. Cause then you also on offense, you can't drive into the paint because they're both already there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's tough. I, uh, I hope I don't see it too much more. Well, yeah, I, I think that the challenge with that lineup that's a little bit different from the, the way New Orleans goes big is that I think Larry Nance, you have the ability, he's, he's switchable. You, he can guard, he's not great, but he, he's not going to guard Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul's cooked them a decent amount, but he can generally guard on the perimeter against other wings. Whereas I don't really think that's a, that, so Jonas can't do that, but Larry Nance can. Jackson Hayes can. I don't think either Aiden, no, uh, neither Aiden nor uh, Javale can do that consistently. Aiden's better at that than people would expect, but it's not as na- it's not natural for him, right? Mm-hmm. He's probably like if you say Jackson Hayes can, uh, we would say Aiden can in the same way in that they don't embarrass themselves. They can stay in front of a guy if they need to. They can use their feet. They can slide their feet. All that. 
Aiden's pretty good at that, but not for stretches, right? He's good at that on a switch out uh, for a short period of time. He's not going to be able to keep up with you for too long, but he is better than anybody would expect. He, um, the reason, one of the biggest reasons the Suns were able to beat the Clippers a year ago in the playoffs when they won, they beat uh, the Jazz by going small was because Aiden could switch out. Uh, so there was that. Um, but he's not. It's not one of those lineups where you really want to see it happen. And if you leave them both in space, they're both going to um, uh, sink down to the paint. Him and Javale. That's that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I don't want to keep you too much longer, and uh, so we're just going to wrap it up here. So tell me what. Uh, tell me two things you expect to see in Game Six from the Pelicans that's different from Game Five, or would like to see in Game Six that's different than from Game Five. Two big things. Uh. Trey Murphy minutes has to be a, a, a focal point. Um, I, I don't I don't see anything else rotationally that the, I expect the Pelicans to do much differently. I mean, even even if you think Jackson Hayes hasn't been that good, he's only he played 16 minutes last night, so it's not like he's getting heavy minutes. I mean, Larry Nance played more than him, which is something that should continue. Um, so I, I really think Trey Murphy, both minutes and shots, uh, have to go up for the Pelicans to take this back to Phoenix for. Uh, for, for game seven. And I also feel we got a good CJ game coming. It has to. <laughs> so that's my other predict, prediction is that if I, I would expect the Suns to continue with what works and try to load up against Brandon Ingram with how good, how, how well he's played this series. And so CJ has got to, got to have a, have a big game at home. Um, and I, I, th- I think he will. Um, I, I think he's had, he's missed some uh, open. I, I know the Suns know a thing or two are missing open shots this series. Yeah. They've, they've, it has no no shortage of good three points uh, opportunities, and uh, I, I was not surprised to see them finally do a little bit better. Finally, make some. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, I think so. Trey Murphy and Caesar McCall are two guys that I'm really looking at um, for for Game Six, assuming that they really load up on on Bi. I guess, and I guess one more thing is I'm I'm curious how much further Willie Green will go with minutes for his big 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 three. When I say big three, I mean Bi, CJ, and Herb Jones as. No disrespect to Jonas, but I think in this matchup, we've seen how important Herb Jones is to the defensive identity mm-hmm. of this team. And so they all played 40 minutes on, uh, on, on last night on Game 5. And so does Willie Green increase that at all in a in, an elimination game like we have uh, coming up? Like I could, I wouldn't be surprised to see like the yeah, play the whole second half, for example. Um, so very curious how much more he thinks he can go up on those guys' minutes. Yeah, uh, like you said, all three played 40 uh, for the Suns. uh, They had four guys playing 35 plus in this game, even though they had a 10 plus point lead most of the game. uh, And with Mikel Bridges topping everybody off for the Suns at 47. Uh, If you're looking at it, let's again assume Devin Booker doesn't come back and it's the same guys as far as adjustments for the Suns leading into the next uh, game. I would expect... um, Monty's made the adjustments he's going to make. I I think he he feels much more comfortable going back to his original rotation and hoping that those guys continue to make their shots finally. And if they do, um, I think that's what he's going to be counting on. But as far as minutes, I would expect the same thing for the Suns too, where the, where the best players are going to play the most minutes. Uh, we're all hoping for a Jay Crowder breakout, and we're hoping for a few less. I'm hoping for a few less campaign minutes, a few more Aaron Holiday minutes, and, um, and mixing and matching the bigs, I'm not a fan of two bigs at once, but I'm certainly, um, I am a fan of Bismack Biombo getting a couple of minutes out there each game. So I'm, I'm looking forward to game six. It's going to be a tough one, man. That Pelicans arena was rocking 
on Sunday. It was absolutely rocking. So it's always fun to see uh, arenas that are doing that and uh, pumping up their players, getting their players hot. Um, I'd like to see a cleaner game on Thursday and, and from the refs a little bit, in my opinion, uh, and a little bit more balanced on the calls. But that's, you know, every fan thinks their team is getting screwed on calls. So let's just hope for a good game. Thank you so much, Mason, for your time this morning. I really appreciate you. And uh, tell us where we can find you around the web. Yeah. Um, so just uh, my handles on the screen in front of you on Twitter. But um, like I said, just doing the um, In the Know podcast with Schmidt Du and I uh, do it for the Blue Wire Network. Um, you can find um, not really my writing, but uh, the, <laughs> I, don't, I don't write too much anymore, just, the, just in the podcasting game at this point. But okay. the... Uh, the, uh, the the site I, I, I work with is Bourbon Street Shots, uh, so definitely check check us out. Check the, the fellows out on um, uh, on Twitter. But uh, you know, appreciate the time and yeah, it's been it's it's been fun. Even if it ends tomorrow night, it's been uh, it, I think Pelicans fans are excited for the future.